0: And drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and then he make the catch. He did. It. He got it. There we go. It's Time to party right here. Three, two. High
1: yeah. He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Twenty minutes, three, three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast.
0: Can you believe it?
1: Here's your host, Terry Cushman.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Betts podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. After a long delay, we are finally back with big news tonight. Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Coming back in that deal is... Brewstar greater all which we will spend his entire tenure uh with the Red Sox probably botching and uh the pronunciation of his name I mean and then of course Alex verdugo who was uh long expected to be a part of that deal so we will be getting into that our reaction We will also, in the second segment, discuss the status of the Red Sox search for manager. The truck left Fenway Park yesterday, is probably arriving in Fort Myers uh, within the next several hours, and it will be there before uh, our new manager is announced. So, kind of a weird concept, but anyway, uh, joining me tonight... Uh, for this uh, epic uh, episode, Andrew Dwan, Charlie Smith, how are you guys? Been better when
1: it's come to the
2: uh,
1: Red Sox outfield, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And Charlie?
2: You know, this is a long time coming. I've, I'm shocked that we waited this long. I thought this was going to be done a little while ago, but... Uh, Hey, now we're finally under the threshold.
0: Well, uh, we are, and uh, we'll finally be able to draft. You know, in the in the first round, I haven't even uh, you know been able to assess uh, where that will be. Uh, I'm not sure if if that's applicable to this coming draft. I doubt it, or uh, you know, the following June in 2021. But the Red Sox, like you said, are under the threshold. We're saving, if my math is right, about $43 million. W- Were we at 228? Was that where we were at?
1: I think that's what it was after they uh, brought back Mitch Moreland.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I'm not a math whiz, so what's that? Uh, let's see. That brings us to 185 under the 108 so uh, a little bit of flexibility but let's just get into our reaction um andrew I, I i'm sensing some strong feelings as far as your reaction based on some of the uh instant messages we were we were doing what's your reaction yeah, we
1: find out. Cheers. Um, I'm. I'm disappointed. I mean, I did love Mookie Betts. Um, obviously, did see the writing on the wall. It didn't seem like he did want to commit to coming back, which obviously you can't force a guy to take a deal uh which was a little sad um i hope the red Sox don't slander him on the way out the door but now i'm just kind of at the point where i'm really disappointed that we didn't get more pieces back uh after we spent the better part of four days being told to buckle up uh this could happen this could happen it's inevitable inevitable um i'm a little shocked that with the red Sox paying half of price's contract that the padres weren't in on this um i am be curious to see their final offer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we now only have Verdugo and um, discount Dillon Batances coming back. So uh, definitely a sad day for me, sad day for a lot of Red Sox fans. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think he was walking at the end of the year. But who knows? Maybe uh, we, we we now have the money to rest,
0: uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Charlie, uh, what what was your reaction as soon as you were able to get the details?
2: Uh, I wasn't sure if A.J. Preller was uh, working for both the Dodgers and the Padres because it was a very underwhelming deal. This was, you have to move them because then it becomes the you know, I, I feel like the, one of the worst ones to walk where we didn't do anything was, uh, at least as a kid, was like Mo Vaughn, who left, and we just, we did nothing. So we we did what we could. You know, like Andrew said, I am curious to know what the Padres had in store. Um, I think people were still pretty hurt over the last move that we made, which didn't really pan out for Drew Pomerantz. But, I mean, we got Verdugo, and then we got Adderall, something similar to that. And uh, I mean, I was really hoping to see one other piece come in of value. I would have loved Gavin Lux to come be a part of Boston since we don't have a second baseman. That would have been nice. But uh, considering we're paying half 45 million for the next three years, to so someone who won't be playing for us. And all we have is uh, we don't know yet and someone who's promising both will be under team contract for a little while it's still i feel like we did not we didn't do enough in this move
1: So, yeah, Spot track just updated all of their financials, so the Red Sox right now we're sitting at one hundred and seventy eight million this upcoming season, um and we're retain, retaining twenty one million to two of Boston's all time favorite athletes, Pablo Sandoval and David Price, and twenty one million dollars. That that's a good chunk of change that really could have got you another good uh, good piece to help this team um, while absorbing the blow of losing your MVP right fielder. So I am very interested to see what countermeasures are going to be taken um, in the next couple of weeks, whether they take a ga- uh, take on a gamble like a Taiwan Walker who just threw a bullpen today. I don't think he hit 90. I read he was like sitting 85 to 88 or just a couple lottery tickets that might pan out in a very short term that could help us down the road. But yeah, just looking at this uh, 2020 payroll, it's kind of, I mean, 178 is pretty thin compared to what we were getting a little used to there for a good stretch of time.
0: Yeah. We'll get back to that in a second. Just my my own thoughts on this trade. Nobody in Red Sox Nation is more thrilled than I am that David Price is no longer on the roster. We're not going to have any distractions whatsoever. Um, I jokingly said on Twitter, I said David Price will probably have to go immediately onto the DL due to how hard the Red Sox door. Hit him in the ass on the way out. Um, At least half the fan base, you know, much like myself, glad he's not here. I'm not going to – I almost went a different route. I'm not going to say what I um, wanted to say um, because, it, you know, it could be insensitive to cancer patients. Let's put it that way. Um, But anyway, so he's gone – I've been a, a huge proponent of not dumping huge money on Mookie Betts. I mean, we're in this situation because of several large contracts, and I don't want to be handcuffed. Only once in the history of the World Series has it ever gotten one with a position player making north of $200 million. That's in 2009, the Yankees with Alex Rodriguez, and to give Mookie double that, I think it's just going to be a roadblock to a championship. And so I'm just I'm more of a value guy. I think Alex Verdugo is going to slot in very nicely. I wish he was a right-handed hitter and would attack the monster. He's a lefty. You know, Devers is a lefty. Andrew Benintendi is a lefty. So... Hopefully, at some point we get another righty power bat to go with uh, JD Martinez. But um, I'm I'm kind of it's kind of a relief that we've moved on from them. The one aspect of it that I do hate that you brought up, Andrew, <laughs> giving David Price having to pay sixteen million a year for the next three years towards his deal, a little painful, you know. And we don't know if uh, Greater all Is you know gonna be a reliever A super reliever Or You know or stretched out into a Starter that kind of remains a Mystery here um, So it's just I think the Dodgers definitely won The trade if there if there was a winner here It was the Dodgers for sure and oh, that's... Yeah go go ahead
1: Oh no! I was just saying. I was agreeing with you. The Dodgers won the trade. They have two MVPs in their outfield now. Uh, wh- when does that happen? Like, uh, come on! <laughs> They're by far the betting favorites now to win the World Series, and, and so I. Now, i I'm pretty upset that with eating that $16 million a year, we didn't end up with a Josiah Gray or a Jeter Downs coming back. I, I really don't think it would have been asking too much, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, the Dodgers just grabbed another prospect uh, in their secondary trade tonight with the Angels when they moved Peterson. So, yeah, I, I really don't think it would have been too much, you know, so, uh, dig their feet into the dirt and say you got to give me a, a position player or a pitcher they, they're teaming with them so and well uh, that that's what's kind of irking me right now
0: yeah and we especially in the last 72 hours you know this was kind of hyped up by a lot of the national writers Rosenthal Passen, heyman sherman all those guys that you know maybe the Red sox could get a bigger, pitching prospect and i was kind of resigned to the fact that we wouldn't get dustin may although there was a tweet earlier in the evening that kind of teased us on that maybe he could be in the deal but i thought maybe we had a chance for a tony gonzolin guy who's the number two prospect in the dodgers organization so So to find out this entire holdup over the past week, because we've been ready to record since last Monday. Like, it just felt imminent a week ago. And as every day went by, I'm like, well, I guess we're not recording tonight. But the entire holdup, like I was saying, was because they didn't want to give up a pitching prospect, and they had to go to the Minnesota Twins, ship Kenta Maeda to the Twins for, I'm already Forgetting his name, uh, Bruzdar, Greaterall, and uh, yeah, so that that was the holdup. But they were able to kind of get the third team in to to get us, uh, you know, a satisfactory pitching prospect, according to High and Bloom. And, um, you know, and, and that's the trade. I will say, and, uh, you know, Andrew, why don't you follow this up with the uh, the scouting report on him, but Greater All is now the number one prospect in the Red Sox system. Was previously Bobby Dahlbeck, you know, as of a couple hours ago, but now Greater All, number one.
1: Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's all going to depend on his right shoulder. Uh, hopefully it holds up. Uh, it's a guy that depends heavily on his sinker, which is a great pitch. It's greater than 80, obviously on the uh, 20 to 80 scale. He clocks in at 101 to 102 uh he is a four pitch pitcher obviously he pitches three and four uh he uses a lot more sparingly so you're mainly going to see you sinker in the slider so he's coming at you with pure power which is why i think he, you are probably going to see him in the bullpen long term um especially in the al uh i i don't foresee him being more than 100 to hundred and twenty inning pitcher for them. Uh, I don't think they're gonna want to risk the stress on his arm. Um, the twins plan to have him in the in the bullpen this season. Um so yeah, I really don't think we'll see him in Fenway uh for a few months. I think he's gonna be in Pawtucket to start the season. Uh I try to, you know, keep some more of those bullets in the arm show. I, cause I don't think the Red Sox are giving up on the season. So they'll probably want to try to keep him as fresh it, for as long as they can. So, uh, we'll see. It's going to be kind of, uh, wait and see to see if they do want to pitch him three innings per start in protected to see if they can stretch him out a little bit. But, um, I'm fairly certain based off what I've just read online, uh, as of tonight, obviously I didn't really know too much about this guy outside of what, uh, baseball america has been you know talked about with them. um uh i'm hopeful i've always liked dell and i've already mentioned that name a couple of times so if he can become a weapon like that and who, who knows maybe if feltman takes a step up if we can just start relying on our starters to throw five or six innings per game and we have a couple of these guys going you know one plus innings now with the uh, with the new with the new rules put into place, maybe he becomes more of a weapon. He was ranked highly um, before his injuries, so maybe that was the reason they brought the twins into this. And we didn't go after a Jeter Downs or Josiah Gray. Uh, Bloom might have um, valued uh, Gratterall more, so. It remains to be seen. Uh, I'm sure they'll go into it a little more when they inevitably have their damage control press conference in the next few days. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to hear some guys pick his brains. I hope they're all, not all just mookie questions that he does ask about the return.
0: Charlie, any thoughts on uh, greater all?
2: Um, I just. You know, It had to take a second because I started getting this migraine, and then I, it, I think it, it dawned on me that it came on because now our starting rotation consists of that we know of, Chris Sale, or what's left of him, Eduardo Rodriguez, who I'm actually really excited about, Martin Perez, LOL, and Nathan Nivaldi.
0: That's uh, Uh, a little underwhelming. Underwhelming (laughs) doesn't
2: even – I have no words. And I always have something to say. I'm the one that gets out of a a speeding ticket. I have no words right now. None. Uh, And it just – it goes to show you that the person who they have in charge – I I mean, Chaim Bloom – this was going to be a very difficult undertaking, regardless of who was in charge. Um, having a GM with like six minutes of experience was not going to get it done. And it was very obvious. He showed his age with this move. He probably thought he was making out like a bandit, but I mean, it's, it's hard to take this team seriously. I mean, you look at the team that's almost, it's, it's close to 200 million. We don't even have a starting rotation. You, I, I, I don't
0: know. You make an interesting point with High and Bloom. You know, he walks into the organization and one of his top, you can call it a top priority. Maybe it was a directive from ownership, whatever. But at the top of his list, he had to trade Mookie Betts. <laughs> and, you oh. know, probably <laughs> the second best talent. I'm going to put him behind Ted Williams for now. Uh, and maybe forever. Uh, but, you know, a top two homegrown talent. And there's tons of Firebloom hashtags. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check oh. that out. But uh, I don't
1: think that's quite yet.
0: <laughs> they're out there. And I, my, you know, for anyone in the audience that's in the Firebloom crowd, I. You hate to give you the bad news but i think the red sox are more likely to promote him <laughs> or give him a raise or something you know for for getting it done um but he's in a tough spot though for sure
2: i haven't seen any fire fire high and bloom yet
0: oh uh, if you <laughs> if you type it into the search bar with the hashtag it's uh they're definitely there <laughs> yeah any, any thoughts on Bloom, Andrew? I
1: mean, he came into a situation with his hands tied. It's kind of funny he goes into a big market team, and the first thing you want him to do is slash payroll. Probably not exactly with, uh, his dream scenario, right there. You know, you move on to a team where you're spending hundred and fifty million more a year, but um, you got to let him play it out. Uh, you, it's going to be, I think, a five year window for him that he's going to have to wheel and deal Dombrowski gutted the farm. He always threw that extra prospect that didn't need to be in the trade in there. Uh, like I'm sure Logan Allen didn't need to be part of that, uh, Kimbrell trade. Um, so yeah, I'm putting my faith in bloom. I'm sure this isn't something he'd want to do. Uh, I'm sure it was part of the interview when he walked in and, uh, john henry said yeah, we we need another yacht buddy uh you have to cut this uh payroll by 40 million dollars this season so um yeah his hands were tied uh, he's gonna have to get creative he's gonna have to go to the uh, bargain bin until uh, this offseason is not great um this upcoming one that is the best players available going be short stops and obviously the one good move dombrowski did was locking up Xander on a pretty solid um not over exorbitant deal so um yeah i'll be interested to see what we end up doing with this money free <laughs> kind of freed up some space to sign a guy like mookie Betts. uh we'll see how he handles the jd martinez situation if he opts out um which i don't see as very likely unless the white Sox. You know, kind of whispered into Boris's ear at the end of the year that they'd be willing to free up, uh, you know, 25 plus million for three four years. So it's gonna be. I I don't want I don't want to fire him. Obviously, I'm disappointed in this return, but we gotta let it play out a little bit before we judge him.
0: Well, we have 20 million to play with, and I don't think they would flirt with coming close to that 20 million. Let me also add in if we trade Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, within the next a- couple weeks, that's 11 million. So now you're you you know you'd be in the 30 million dollar ballpark. So let me I'm never this guy. I'm never the eternal optimist, but let me play that role for just a second here. Say Sale gets off to a good start in the first half. You know, he maybe he's not the dominant guy we're used to, but he helps us win a lot of games. Let's say Erod comes out in similar form from last year. Let's say Tanner Houck, this is a big one, but let's say he comes up, pitches effectively, gives us a chance to win games. And then Perez, I'm not a Perez guy, I'm an extreme uh, pessimist with him. He's worse than Porcello, but let's just say he hangs in there. So that keeps you, you know, probably comfortably above 500 until the trade deadline. Can we get a one-year rental in there? I know Marcus Stroman, I think the Mets, the Mets have had their own turmoil just in the last eight hours with their ownership you know losing their sale to steve cohen but but let's and i and i hate Strowman just for the record but i know he's a free agent next year um let's say we make a move for a starter at the deadline maybe it's not the sexiest name ever you know maybe it's the equivalence of jake peavy from 2013 you know it's just someone again that can keep us in it do we have a shot or am I being too optimistic? I,
1: well, I, I, you know, I hope it doesn't come down to where they're going to trade like a Bobby Dahlbeck for uh loogie or something, you know, just like the uh, eighth inning reliever that tends to get smacked around, but you know, he's the best guy available. Um I, i hope not (laughs) i hope we can trade like a workman or a a Henry to highest bidder um i i really don't think they're in any position to trade from their very limited farm system at this point um that so i i really as much as i want them to do well and if your dream scenario of them getting off to a good start after trading bradley could include yossiel puig Moving moving into Fenway, uh, that'd be great. But I really hope they don't put any sort of uh, assets on the table. Um, I, I think that would just be a disaster to pick from our weak farm system.
0: Well, I mean, let's just go back to the Avaldi deal, for instance. Yeah. You, that worked out okay, you know, as far as the trade. The signing hasn't worked out, yeah. but but uh-huh. we we gave up you know a Jalen Beeks type guy so maybe that's the type of move I, I'm not yeah. I'm not thinking we're going to give up a top 10 prospect here sure
1: okay all right yeah if if it's something like you know you're taking prospects 15 through 25 and throwing him into I'm 100 percent for it the Sox always draft these like slapping second baseman that project to be nothing more than a second division regular so if it's like one of those guys i'm all for it yeah uh why not make it exciting um and then spend yeah i i'm all for an exciting season i and then who knows maybe you can move some of those pieces uh (laughs) those bigger names if if everything goes to according to plan like the red sox probably hope it will
0: yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. And th- there could be a pitcher. Uh, I mean, maybe like a Mike Leake type guy or a Jeff Samarja on, mm-hmm. you know, an expiring deal. I don't think those guys would cost a whole lot, um, you know. So I, I would just be open-minded towards the deadline. But we have to be competitive by the time we get there, you know. If we're yeah. if we're five or six games below 500, you know, obviously we might try to unload some more. Who knows. Um, here's another thing, say greater all goes to the bullpen. How,
1: yep.
0: how epic of a one, two punch could he and Darwin's and Hernandez be? I think that could be the most dominant eight, nine, eight, nine setup in major league baseball.
1: I love Hernandez, so any anytime we can talk him, uh, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I'd be right. Uh, I'd rather not watch him struggle through six innings every five days. Uh, give me a flamethrower. Um, just put him in, make it exciting. You need these guys to be able to pitch at least an inning now uh, just based on how it is. So maybe that's where Bloom's moving. Um, he sees these new rules coming into place, and he's getting guys that can go multiple innings. Uh, now that they ruled um, You can't carry, Was it, more than 13 pitchers on the roster With a 26 uh, With the, another guy added So that could be part of this whole strategy Is get these uh, 120 inning um, arms
0: And for at least this year only I, I, I don't know that the Red Sox would embrace this mindset long term But we might see some openers In the 4th and 5th spots as well mm-hmm. And so maybe... Some of these guys, like we got a guy from the White Sox. His name escapes me. Um, it was one of the earlier moves, but I can just kind of see maybe this is the short-term direction we have to go in. I, I can see them toying with the idea.
2: You know, it's funny. I don't uh, know they uh, throw these. You said you were taking a page out of the uh, being an optimist because I feel like you and I flipped roles. I'm actually taking a page out of Terry's book. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel good this season at all. In fact, if they win eighty games this year, I'll be absolutely shocked. I'll take us all out to dinner. It's it's. I mean, it, it, we. I go back to the trade when when uh, when Dave Dombrowski was like, you know what. I want to buy me some shares of Tyler Thornburg. Oh, you want Travis Shaw? Oh, you want Mauricio Dubon? Oh, you want Pennington? You want basically everyone? Here you go. For one season. Dubon is actually now someone who I'm actually intimidated, uh, just intimidated to see like what ends up happening with him. Uh, if the Red Sox hypothetically, and that's such a huge hypothetical because literally no one can get injured, they're going to have to pay, uh, pitch out of their minds because they they're missing a huge bat in the lineup verdugo is not going to replace mookie Betts. uh we run the risk of okay cool who who would we add and who again would we have to give up are we gonna just pretend like we wouldn't do it the red sox would and i just pray they wouldn't trade someone like michael Chavis, who i'm actual like i love that man i really don't want him going anywhere um they're going to be super diplomatic with with Darwinson uh, Darwinson in, uh, Darwin's in, in the bullpen right now. Um, they could be incredibly potent seven eight inning guys or eight ninth inning guys throwing a, a buck you know buck two buck three sure. But if one of those guys goes down, especially the one that we just got, that's gonna that's gonna be really bad. And uh, if Bloom is is thinking because right now I'm I don't know. Uh, He's going to be monitoring him very, very carefully because the last thing he wants to do is have this bite him in the rear. And then not only are we out Mookie Betts, we're out the person that we got for Mookie Betts.
0: You know, it's interesting. See, I I think the bullpen is going to be a pleasant surprise compared to last year. I I think there's a ton of potential there. Um, I I cite Josh Taylor a lot I'm a big Josh Taylor guy Uh, Darwin's in of course you know got to be pretty dominant down the stretch I think Brandon Workman is gonna still be a key player in that bullpen so I think we probably have some some depth in that area for the first time in at least you know two or three years and I think there is enough offense in this lineup to, to be potentially robust. We don't know who the leadoff guy is now with Mookie uh, gone. Uh, we haven't really talked about uh, Alex Verdugo yet, but, I mean, maybe he could be that guy. Um, I I look at Alex Verdugo as a guy similar to Benintendi in terms of, you know, in terms of power Um production i doubt he'll have the obp that ben attendee does when he's you know in a good rhythm because ben always up around 370 you know when when he's not in the slump so maybe he doesn't get on base quite as much but i i see them with similar ceilings and you know verdugo is controllable for the next five years which is nice you know and Maybe maybe you can sign him to an affordable extension. You know, if the first two years go good, I don't see him being a, a three hundred dollar, three hundred million dollar guy by any means. But but uh, you know he does have a little bit of pop. Uh, he I noticed uh, Verdugo not real big of a threat stealing bases or at least not yet. He only has four total in uh, the three partial seasons he's had. I think he played a full season last year in which all four of his stolen bases, uh, you know, happened. But, um, you know, I I think our outfield is pretty good with Benintendi and Verdugo. Um, the, The infield, you know, pretty good, at least in terms of Bogart's endeavors. Moreland is back, you know... I'm kind I was kind of just hoping the Dombrowski era would end, you know, he's, he's going to strike out a ton, go into some painful slumps and probably on the DL for at least a month or two. But, um, in Chavis could, wherever he ends up in, in the, he might be the left fielder. I think, you know, the plan for winter ball was to, you know, give him some reps in the outfield, but, his oblique didn't heal quick enough. So um we got a surplus of they infielders. Did,
1: yeah, they did just uh come it was I think it was about two weeks ago. They said that Chavis was gonna be the utility guy of the season. So okay. I think they're committing to Frazza starting at second. Um so yeah. Uh, you They're going to have Chavis bounce around And then, I mean, we know that Mitch Moreland's going to break a toe or something in like Four weeks, so <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's going to have a starting job before too long
0: <laughs> Yeah um, w- Where does CJ Chatham fit into All of this, because he was Semi, like on the cusp Of v- being Major League ready And he's not a guy that Has a ton of power, but he's a good Contact hitter, he's a middle Infielder because uh, I see Peraza as just kind of a temporary piece, you know, for for someone else. But wh- where do you see Chatham coming in?
1: Um, I don't think he's going to be up before someone gets hurt, and then they need another utility guy. I don't see him taking over uh, second base. Quite frankly, at least yet, unless they make a move, um, yeah. I don't, unless he has comes out and just has a killer spring, I he's I. I I'm assuming he's going to spend a majority of the time at Pawtucket this year.
0: Yeah, Agreed. It, it I, I think. Could. Oh, go ahead, Charlie.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I think the same thing. We, when you look at him, he just kind of reminds me of like a. He kind of reminds me of Lou Loney. Like, he'll be up a couple times if we need him. It's like Brock Holt, and, you know, it's 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 the new Brock Holt, the younger version of Brock Holt. So that's what I was
1: saying. They, they literally draft a new one of these guys every single every, season. With every year. Every, and it's like, could we just go high upside? It's like, nope. it's Jed Lowry no nope. it's like come on can we just stop break this cycle and yeah. then what do they got matthew lugo and then there's another one uh yeah it's it seems like it's never ending of uh soon to be second division regulars so uh, that will pop in oakland for like two years and then the mets will sign him for four but yep. yeah
2: that's hilarious yeah it's true
0: So, you know, as I I was kind of alluding to, I think the bullpen is pretty good. I think think the, you know, the lineup will be productive. So I think the, you know, the weak spot coming into this year is for sure the rotation. So if there's any moves to be made in season, that's where it's going to have to be. Another thing to consider here, I was thinking uh, a few minutes ago in my head, the American league is going to be a lot tougher this year than it has been the last several years. You know, last year we knew it was going to come down to probably five or six teams. And those were the teams. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, in the, in the AL East, you got the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, all could, you know, make a case, especially the first two I mentioned, uh, in the Central, you know, the, the Twins probably got at least a little bit better today with the Maeda move, and, you know, maybe the Rich Hill signing can can kind of help them out a little bit, you know, in, ter- in addition to Rizzi and uh, Barrios. But the Twins are looking okay, like I said, and I think the Indians, they haven't gotten rid of Clevenger, so I, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, a team to uh, contend with. They still do have Lindor. Uh, so there's three teams. And then you got three teams out of the, the AL West and Yeah, you, the Astros, the, the A's you, you can't count them out. I mean, they've won 90 plus the last couple of years. And I think the Texas Rangers are, are going to be a little bit better you know, than the last couple of years as well. If you want to throw the Angels in there, go ahead. No faith for me. Throw the Angels in only if they
1: get some pitching. Um, That's the only way. I don't have high hopes for them. But they might be able to mash this year, especially after, you know, I mean, they added Rendon, and now they're adding Peterson. Uh, They might be able to do a little mashing down there. So it could get exciting. Uh, I don't think it's going to be great, but (laughs) – They they could sort of, you know, steal some wins.
2: I I think the Angels are going to be the most overly hyped bomb team this year. They are going to be, it's going to be like slugfests in LA this year. I mean, both teams have, you know, we just talked about how you have a star studded cast playing for the Dodgers now with Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts in the outfield. Then the Angels have Home Run Derby in their field, but name me two starters in LA that are actually gonna be worth anything. It's it's just, Major League Baseball is getting away from the whole pitching wins ball games thing. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when the Angels got Rendon, the only thing going through my mind was, did I miss something? Did, did I miss them signing a major starting pitcher? Because last time we looked at it, I'm pretty sure not one of their starters won 10 games and not one of them eclipsed like 125 innings pitched. So unless I missed something and they're anticipating that they're going to be hitting 15, 16 runs a game, they're not going to go anywhere. And they are wasting Mike Trout's best years in LA.
1: Yeah, I think they falsely got their hopes up thinking Garrett Cole was going to go there originally, but... uh... If he did, we we all know he would have been terrible anyways. It just never works out for for the Angels like that. Yep.
0: I'm just pulling up their depth chart right now, but they're a perennial dumpster fire. You know, them and the Mets at this point are the two worst organizations in Major League Baseball. I would lump the Marlins in there, but I'll give them a pass for now, you know, because I think Derek Jeter deserves a chance Um, The Angels' rotation here, uh, they've got Shohei Otani listed as number one. He's going to have innings limits because he's coming (laughs) off of uh, Tommy John. I don't even know what the plan is for him. Uh, Andrew Heaney, who had a semi-serious injury last year that kind of hampered him. I can't remember if that was the arm or the shoulder, but he's slotted in as their number two. They claimed Julio Teheran after the Braves non-tendered him. I guess they could. He's got a little bit of upside. Dylan Bundy had one very solid year with the Orioles. They acquired him in a deal. Um, So, you know, he's their projected number four. Um, They also have a guy last name Canning. I'm not uh, familiar with him. Matt Andrezi is their number 6. He came from the Rays. That's that's a team that's going to get killed as far as uh starting pitching goes. And I'm not too familiar with their bullpen. Is it Jorge Castro? I could be wrong. Um and then they their bullpen isn't on paper. I don't know any first names. That's how. That's how bad uh, you know the angels. I am Stassi and Bemboom, um is is their top three, uh, you know relief guys. Oh, that was their catcher. That's, that's how pathetic catcher. I am. That's their catcher. <laughs> no, that's so pathetic. Jason Castro. So that makes <laughs> way more sense. Holy shit! Displayed. Terry shouldn't talk about the angels. I
2: was, you know. You know what's sad is you, you literally – you're imaginarily drunk looking at numbers because when you look at the Angels, not one of their starters won 10 games. In fact, the only guy who won more than six was a reliever because the other one, unfortunately, is no longer with us anymore. Only one guy had over 100 innings. This team is a joke, an absolute sham, and they are going to be exposed to the fullest extent in 2020. They thought that Albert Pujols was going to be good, backfired. And now Rendon, they they didn't get Cole. Rendon, what if he busts? I mean, it's, it's going to be... Potentially worse than the Red Sox this year. That's the only storyline this entire season that could potentially be worse.
0: Rendon didn't make any sense. Like, why commit all that money? Yeah, Yeah, I just didn't get it. Artie Moreno
1: doesn't like having money in his pocket. He's got to spend it when he has it. He's the worst
0: (laughs) owner. That's, like, the worst-case scenario as far as an owner. The Mets are bad for a multitude of reasons, but – yeah. Anyway, not to botch the bullpen, Hansel Robles is their closer. I do remember him having an okay season last year. Uh, Tyler uh, Butry, who we actually traded them out of our system in the Kinsler deal, um, is their number two reliever. Uh, Kenyon Middleton, Noe Ramirez. Um, you know, so that's their top four. Obviously, we're we're a little familiar with Ramirez. You know, not. Not too much upside there. So so pitching is, is pretty bad. And I think the Nationals and the Astros and the World Series proved you got to have a rotation. You know, the Yankees tried to do what Kansas City did in uh, 2015 by having such a great bullpen, a potent lineup, and then an okay pitching staff, and that didn't work. And so they had to spend $324 million on Garrett Cole when they could have had him three, well, two or three years ago for um, Miguel Andahar and Clint Fraser. <laughs> That's all they had to give up for, for Cole. And they could have had him much cheaper, maybe won a title, but... They uh they did it the hard way and had to cough up all that money and uh, win no World Series in the meantime. So, you know, the Yankees, you know, focused on their rotation a little bit. And, um, you know, the Dodgers, you know, we haven't really talked about them. But, you know, they're going to have uh, Walker Bueller, who is going to be a stud for the next decade. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, yep. still their number two. Uh, Price, I'm assuming, slots in as their number three. He has a 225 ERA in Dodger Stadium, by the way, one of his better ballparks. So, if he can just keep his mouth shut and and pitch, um, you know, that could work out pretty well. And I don't have their depth chart up in front of me. I'm assuming Dustin May would be their number four with the potential to, you know, pitch like a number two or a number three, you know, over the course of the season. So, So that's a team that suddenly has a a pretty good rotation as well. Yeah, the
1: Dodgers are set up for years to come at this point. They don't have a ton of money committed for the future, obviously. They're going to want to get a bets deal done. Uh, They're going to have to extend Bellinger, I think, in – uh three years i think he's only in arbitration one at this point um uh yeah they got and they're always replenishing their talent which is a big thing so we'll see they they have the ammo to go out and make more deals if they want um they could probably still get their hands on a uh wanted to give up a gavin lux which they've been reluctant to so the dodgers really Give themselves a window here for three to five years where if they want to essentially almost buy a World Series with um, using your prospects as your main currency, they really could do it.
2: They just bought it. They literally just bought the World Series in 2020. You cannot go wrong. If the Dodgers do not win the World Series in 2020, they failed. This is the New York— Way of winning titles, you buy all of the best players to win the season and win in the playoffs. You have one of the most elite closers in all of baseball. The Dodgers have to worry about eight innings because the ninth done. You don't have to worry about the ball in the outfield because you have two guys who have literal rockets for arms. They're set. Singles will be singles. Doubles will be doubles. There's not. When trying to go for three, it's not going to happen. If they did not get Mookie Betts, it could have been the Dodgers. Maybe this year it will be Dodgers versus. I honestly think it could be the Yankees. I think it could be Yankees Dodgers.
1: We do have to remember we are uh, those are two giant wild cards. So they might need a. They might need another. Uh, pitcher in there to carry him through october and i don't know if walker bueller would be that i mean he's a stud but we'll see i don't don't know i I haven't seen price in the playoffs so that could that could be the one thing that trips him up on the way but um who knows there there are some decent arms that are gonna be available uh that are free agents coming up um
0: i doubt like you're you're breaking up there with bauer on one you broke Still up a good. little bit. Who were who the two wild cards? Uh, were you talking about oh, the – Oh, I was seeing – Jansen and Kelly? Kershaw and Price. Oh, Kershaw and no. Price. Okay.
1: Kershaw Price starting those two guys. In the I, don't, I don't know. I don't have too much faith in that is what I was uh, trying to get across there. So, But they might have to make one more move later on in the season to get a more fide pitcher to get them through October.
0: Yeah. Even
2: David Price easy this year though. I mean, you look at the National Leagues, uh, statistically, historically, joke pitching league. Every ninth batter, easy out. If you don't get the ninth batter out, mm, you might want to question what you're doing. Uh, (laughs) David Price is going to have it easy. Uh, Walker Bueller is is the true one in L.A. I don't think Clayton Kershaw can even throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball anymore. He was never known for his fastball. It was always that pitch that fell off the table but somehow managed to – just cracked 70 miles an hour, drops six feet, and ends up being a strike. Um, the, the one that I, I think is, is the real wild card in L.A., because I think David Price will have a redemption-revenge season to kind of prove all the naysayers wrong, will be Julio Urias, who mm. last year, as everybody remembered, got in trouble. Um, and he has a lot to prove. So um he's going to be the one that I'm watching. Um you're absolutely right. They are going to have to grab another pitcher, but still I mean this team is this you could literally put an entire team up against the Dodgers for the All-Star game and that could be a fair matchup. <laughs>
0: I uh, I tweeted out, I said, you know, the, the Yankees are going to have to go trade for Lindor now if they want to regain their top spot as the World Series favorite. I, I'm not sure really which team is the favorite. They're both very potent, you know. They're probably both going to go to the World Series. And I think that's Rob Manfred's dream, you know, to have the New York market versus the L.A. market. Um, you know, so... We'll see what happens there. But uh, getting uh, into a different subject here before we wrap, uh, the Red Sox, as I said in the opening, still do not have a manager. Um, you know, the investigation still going on as far as whether the Red Sox were using the video room in 2018 with runners on base to try to steal signals. I'm kind of surprised that hasn't wrapped up because it's not – doesn't quite have the dynamics that the Astros, uh, you know, scandal had. But, you know, the one theory is they're waiting for it to wrap. And then they're going to go with either Ron Renicki or Carlos Febles. Aside from that, they have interviewed Mark Kotze and apparently he was told, uh, you know, within the last day or two, he is no longer in the running. He has been a top candidate with other teams, so I'm kind of surprised he's been dismissed this quickly. Lu- Luis Ureta, uh is uh, a coach with the Diamondbacks. I, he might even be the bench coach. I could be wrong on that. High in Bloom uh, has always been high on him. I think he tried to get him into the Tampa organization as a coach under Kevin Cash. Um, he uh, it comes from Columbia. He managed the Colombian World Baseball Classic team. So he does have a little bit of uh, you know managerial experience if you want to uh, call it that, but still, you know, has has been a coach for a little while, so I'm open-minded to a candidate like that. I still would prefer a Ron Reneke type guy, but um, you know, high in bloom, we know how general managers or chief baseball officers uh, don't tend to stick around too long in Boston, so this is something he's going to want to have to get right, but um, what, what are you guys' thoughts on you know, the names that we do have you know, as well as the current status?
1: Um, I saw something interesting the other day where they were throwing out the possibility of maybe Cora returning after a year um after a year suspension um that kind of intrigued me a little bit um and it made me think that is why they might be holding off uh this decision but as far as i'm concerned i i I don't really mind i don't think they're you know have huge aspirations for the season so quite frankly whoever can keep all the egos in check and keep the players happy the best that's that's all that matters to me so you might as well just keep it in-house uh whether if you go with uh, fables or reniki i i honestly don't even have a preference when it comes down to the two at this point
2: i uh you know it was funny cuz we we were talking about this and i said you know um i don't think it's going to be reniki because reniki has too much of a history with cora and you mentioned that eurida eurida right eurida yeah um and Yeah. I had just as much time with, um, Alex Cora. Um, Mark Kotze might've escaped the bullet here because I don't know who's going to really raise their hand and say, yes, I want to be the general, I want to be the manager for the team that just traded away Mookie Betts and David Price. And now my best pitcher is, is, is uh, Chris Sale if he's healthy. And my best hitter is uh, probably Xander and, uh, and Rafi Devers. But, um, I, Jason Veritek's not going to come in for a year. Have his name kind of cheapened by the fact that the team isn't going to do well. Because you know, if your team does well, then you get a little bit of thanks. If your team sucks, the manager usually gets a little bit of the blame too. Brad Osmus, great manager, has had horrible teams at times. Not his fault. Um, and I, and I was people had flirted the names. Oh, what if Pedro came back and and things like that as a manager i don't think Pedro wants to manage and me personally i'd love to see someone like Tib wakefield in there that's not going to happen um so really you're, you're looking at, at a lame duck type player or someone who wants to literally just coach for the year someone flirted the idea of a player manager in dustin Pedroya. I, I think he'd be a great manager he's only going to play about six minutes this season so you know he's already getting paid in 2020 so rather than go out and spend money on someone, I, I just I, I don't know what they're gonna do this year for for a manager and you know we're only a couple days away where players have to you know pitchers and catchers have to report. So the more time that takes this kind of reminds me of J.D Martinez before he actually became a member of the Red Sox where are you coming? Are you not coming? Do you want to play for us? Do you not want to play for us? Like what the hell, dude? So now fans are kind of left with the, you know, aftermath and they're going to be asking whoever the next manager is. uh, So what, what are your opinions on what happened in the past? And it's just going to be a, we're moving on. We're turning the page. Let's talk about the 2020 Red Sox.
0: Well, here are some things to consider to go off of one of Andrew's points. I heard the the theory that maybe Cora does come back at the end of the suspension. I think it would be, you know, in two years though. I think he's looking at at least that much, but you know, Mike Lowell came out and said, Hey, I'll, I'll do it for two years. If that means, if that means Cora comes back, you know, he's apparently a big Cora guy, um, you know, so that theory, I guess, could be in play if Reneke or Feebles ends up being hired. If they go with a Luis Eurita guy, I think that's a guy who is coming in for the long term and could manage for three, four, five years. Um, the, the thing that they need to get right here is they need somebody who can work with young talent that can put those final development touches on them. Because, you know, Chavis needs some refining. We think we're going to have Bobby Dahlbeck up. We think we're going to have um, T- uh, Tanner Hout come up. And I know that probably would be more of a Dave Bush type, uh, you know, issue where he's the pitching coach. But but we we need a guy who's good good with young talent. So I think that's kind of what they're looking at here. I'm pretty open-minded feed kind of worries me a little bit because I think I jokingly said this on the last podcast, he wasn't smart enough to put up a stop sign at third base a number of times. (laughs) Like how many times did we see, how many times did we see Nunez or, or Brock Holt get gunned down at home plate? You know, it's just only by 15 feet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was so bad. So this guy's going to be the manager, but um, I'll also say I didn't think Torrey Lavello was going to be good, you know, when he, you know, became the interim manager. And then, of course, he was phenomenal and still is with the Diamondbacks. And um, I was skeptical about someone else. I can't remember. I think that was with uh, another team. And then he ended up being very impressive. Yeah, name escapes me. But... So, uh, you know, because of those situations with Lavello and a couple others outside of the organization, I tend to be fairly open-minded, you know, as far as who could come in. I mean, some guys might have red flags. I mean, Bobby Valentine, we we kind of knew that was going to be a roller coaster. Um, I know I, I was like the most fierce anti-John Farrell crusader you know, on Twitter at the time. But I was actually a huge proponent of him being hired at the time because I thought, well, it's a carryover from the Francona regime. And I knew he was a little bit no-nonsense. And, you know, I just thought that could, you know, be the medium that the Red Sox were looking for instead of going to the extreme, you know, like Valentine. But, But, you know, we'll see. I'm assuming... You know, what day do they report? It's in like six days, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's next Wednesday,
0: Tuesday yep. or Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's February, yep. I'm going to boldly guess that we're going to have a manager by then. So, you know, we'll we'll figure out who that is. I, I will say I was a little surprised by the Dusty Baker hiring in uh, Houston. Any thoughts on him?
1: So Larry said he gets to manage the All Star Game. <laughs> Talk about well deserved. right?
2: Walk right into that. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's cool to see him there, but I'm I'm not really sure. Dusty Baker. I mean, you get a name in there, but. Are they really expecting magic to happen from him in the, in the past? It, it just hasn't really happened the past. I don't know how many years that he was managing. So, I mean, the only thing that keeps going through my mind, even even if they get a new manager, is if uh, even before that, there, with this trade that obviously went through, physicals have to be taken into account, right? What if David Price fails his physical, Kush? Then what? Because well, I... that's happened in the past Where trades have fallen through Because of failed physicals And this is something we didn't I, I just realized we didn't talk about this
1: I think we'd probably end up giving him like Another $5 million a year or something Just to make it happen Just to kind of push it through Because if If his arm was at the point Where he was going to fail physical I think we would have heard something This close to pitchers and catchers reporting That he wasn't going to be ready or
0: something along the lines of that. Yeah, and the the cyst but, the cyst injury wasn't considered to be too serious, so right. it's it's an interesting thought, you know. But you know, I I don't know what happens. <laughs> I mean, maybe we just have to take <laughs> him back. I, I don't know. Um, you know, and that would add six, you- sixteen million to the uh, you know to the payroll, but. Um, yeah, I, I think price is probably going to be good to go. I think he's going to say all the right things. I think David price is happy to be out of Boston. I know he, he didn't opt out, you know, a couple winners ago, but, but I think, I think David price is one of the more relieved guys, you know, on this side of the ocean right now
1: absolutely i mean he can blend in in la he's gonna be what the thousandth most important person most famous person in la like it's a city full of stars and no one gives a damn about the uh baseball team they're gonna miss his crappy first innings and they're gonna leave before he like lets up seven runs in the sixth so they're gonna see some good pitching out of him innings two through five so i i I don't think he's too worried about going to la i think it's gonna be a pressure off his shoulders he's probably gonna have a great year um he's gonna beat up on some of those mediocre teams that don't have the juggernaut offenses that they do out here so yeah um i think it's a relief for him and it's probably just better for him at this point of his uh at this point of his career he doesn't have too much left to prove so
0: yeah and a a thought that i had was i'm like well what if the dodgers and the yankees are in the world series do i really want david price getting another ring but then i'm thinking well (laughs) my life's gonna be hell on twitter if the yankees win so i i guess i i guess i'm a big you know dodgers fan you know and yeah. they they they're coming into this year with a chip on their shoulder. They think they got screwed and they want to prove, you know, themselves and get a little bit of redemption of their own. You know, their their council like approved some measure to approach major league baseball to to give them the 2017 and 2018 trophies or something, <laughs> something ridiculous. But uh not that that's going to happen, but I did. Hey, if we can have Daniel
1: Downs or Gavin Lux, we'll throw it in the deal. Uh, they they can have it. We'll just give them the trophy. We are at a, par- a parade, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. This,
2: this parade, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because this one feels like it was very lopsided in favor of Los Angeles. Now back seven years ago, seven plus years ago when the Dodgers and Red Sox made that huge blockbuster trade sending uh Adrian Gonzalez, Nick Punto, uh Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett, and all of those huge contracts for James Loney, um Alan Webster was there, what Jerry Sands was there, Ruby Dillon. Webster was it Webster part of it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Alan Webster.
2: We, Alan Webster. I'm trying to remember because I, I remember watching the bottom line. I was like, this isn't happening. This didn't just happen. Um, and we kind of felt like, wow, the Dodgers really screwed themselves. This might be kind of like the the balance of, of the tie. Here. <laughs> we kind of got the better end back in 2012. Now we fast forward seven plus years where maybe it's kind of the world paying it forward of now it's fit you know we handed you one now you're handing us one even though it's not how it works that's kind of how it feels so i'm it hurts but because it's with la i'm not as bothered by it i'd be really upset if this was with san diego because i have a huge bone to pick with aj preller i think he's garbage he should not be in major league baseball anymore so that's something else that kind of went through my mind. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we got Verdugo. We didn't get anything else. This really sucks. But, I mean, it could have been worse. Verdugo could be injured.
1: He is injured.
2: Uh, is it? For he? this, you know, <laughs> really injured. Like, yeah. Drew Omrance busted.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait,
0: Verdugo is injured currently? Yeah, it has- was
1: a weak injury, yep. I think it was. He saw- yeah, he's. I think he's had injury each of the last two or three years so he uh, he definitely has something to prove when it comes to staying on the field because he definitely hasn't so it's been a little tough that way
0: well yeah hopefully uh, you know hopefully that'll be behind him you know JD Drew came from the Dodgers I think and okay, <laughs> we don't want that again um, but you know at least we're not under the gun as far as the payroll goes and I think high and bloom will maybe he can get creative here and there, and maybe we can see some of what we we saw in Tampa. And yeah, I, I
1: think mean, one of the things. Sorry, really quick. I think one of the things he can do with this money right now is buy out a couple of arbitration years with Devers and uh, Benintendi and try to get into pretty reasonable long-term seven-ish year deals uh, and try to save some money on the back line that way. Um, they have the capital to do it now. And I think that'd be a really good uh, use of resources.
0: Yeah. At least that's a good point actually. And, and uh, obviously prioritize Devers, uh, you know, yeah. m- more than anyone. Yeah especially if he's willing to take like a, you know, a cheaper year on the front end just to kind of get the average annual value down. Cause that's what goes against us uh, as far as the luxury tax goes. But yeah, that could happen. I mean, you could get him on a relatively team friendly five or six year deal, maybe tack on a couple expen- expensive option years, you know, on, on the back end of it, you know, 25, 30 million a year or whatever. And, and typically, before they get to those option years, they might be open to renegotiating another long-term deal. So um, I, I'm confident enough in Devers at this point that he is going to be an impact guy, at least offensively. And, you know, I, I would certainly love to see that uh, take place. And, and the Red Sox did say last August or September that that would be a priority so good. let's see if, uh, if they're going to make good on that. Uh, well, I guess we can kind of wrap it up on that. We'll, uh, if another major development happens or semi-significant one, uh, we can come back on and uh, discuss it and maybe talk about some smaller things that, uh, you know, we have And I'd love to talk about Evaldi for 10 or 15 minutes on a future episode. Is he really a starter at this point or is he more of a reliever, you know? because he was junk no matter what they did with him last year. But anyway, stuff like that, we'll get into it. And then, of course, we'll be into the regular, um, you know, swing of things once the season starts, you know, with two shows a week. So, um, thanks thanks for... uh, coming on and it finally happened and we we don't have to uh we we don't have an elephant in the room you know at least for now well except for the manager but but uh yeah no no distractions yeah. will will be you know looming as, as soon as the season starts have a good night guys That'll be
2: it. Hey. yeah
0: thanks for having me thanks man take care Finally, Mookie Betts traded. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Long wait uh, in between shows and uh, just kind of glad that uh, we finally were able to come on because a week ago we thought we were coming on and, uh, you know, <laughs> turned out it took an extra week to get the deal done. So um, have a, uh, a good rest of your week and... Uh, We'll be on the lookout for more transactions and uh, what have you. So take care.